What is up, everybody? It is Zach from at Premier Soccer Investing coming at you with yet another Slab Stocks FC YouTube video. Let's get into it. So, PSA is coming back on July 1st. No one knows what services they're bringing back and what is still going to be staying away. Right now, you just have the Super Express and walkthrough levels, the $300 and $600 levels, respectively. Um, and at the start, I don't anticipate anything less than the $100 levels coming back so i could see express and regular coming back and with those you'd probably be looking at around a three month and a six month turnaround time for 150 dollars a card and then 100 dollars a card and i don't think we see the more budget type submission levels coming back till maybe even sometime in 2022 because while psa has made tremendous progress in working through the their backlog of millions and millions of cards as you probably know by the pace or lack thereof of your PSA returns still that they haven't worked through everything yet. And when they do open up at whatever levels they do open back up, they will probably face a deluge of cards. And so they can't open up too many value levels or you're just, they're just going to be sitting at PSA for two years. And I don't think they want to do that. And I don't think they want people paying for that service yet. And I think they're trying to keep things at a more manageable level until they're ready to really return to how things used to be if and when that day happens. So when PSA comes back on the first, I would be shocked if a submission level less than $100 is opened back up to customers and – I wouldn't even be too surprised if the $100 level is open back up and just the $150 level comes back, but we shall see. Next, in the major uh, golden auction sale, the obviously the Holland 1 of 1 Top Scrum Bundesliga Super Refractor Auto sold, and it was less than a lot of people thought it would be, $442,000, $442,000, um, I thought it would personally, I thought it would be around a 600 to $650,000 card. And based on the marketing materials that Ken Golden and Golden Auctions was putting out, they were figuring a lot around a $750,000 sale, which is what many other people thought, judging by what I've seen on, on Instagram before the sale happened. This is a bit low in that respect, but it's still one of the biggest, if not the biggest soccer card sales ever. Definitely is the biggest modern soccer card sale ever. And it's just, it's still a testament to the soccer card market's progress over the last year that someone would pay that tremendous amount of money for a young player who still really hasn't won anything yet in his career. While Holland does look like he's going to be this, a star for the next decade, it's so hard to 
predict whether he really will become a top three or top five all-time player like many people think he will be or whether he will have a more Zlatan type career all-time great but never gonna be pushing for the goat discussion as much as Zlatan tries to insert himself into that but yeah but still a tremendous sale Another big sale to come out of this Golden Auctions, and I think this is probably an even better sale, is the Mia Hamm rookie card, the 1992 SF for Kids Series 2 PSA 10, selling for $34,440, which is the most expensive female sports card, not just soccer, just female sports card in general of all time. ESPN sent a push notification about it, and it was scrolling on their bottom ticker like on SportsCenter and their NBA broadcast and all that. So this was projected to a national audience of millions of people, which not only does wonders for the card market, but it really shows that there is juice to the women's card markets, particularly the women's soccer card market for these legends and goats like Mia Hamm, like an Alex Morgan, like a Carly Lloyd and like maybe like a Sam Mewis, which many people think she will get or a Rose Lavelle, which many people think they'll get to those levels. But yeah, it shows that women's soccer and just soccer cards in general are here to stay again, because you're seeing these huge sales happening and these huge sales being very publicized, which is a very good thing for the market and for the hobby. The other major, major sale to come out of that golden auction soccer card-wise was finally a, a 2004 Messi Mega Cracks number 71 PSA 10 hit the market, and this sale did not disappoint. A $344,400 sale, and the last Cristiano Ronaldo singular sale, just the Ronaldo Mega Cracks number 137 PSA 10, not it being a part of a set or anything like that, was basically a month prior. And that sold for $196,800. And this discrepancy can be uh, explained for a couple of reasons. First, you just take a look at the pop, recount, pop counts down here. The Messi, there are only 20 of these PSA 10s. The Ronaldo, there's 38. Additionally, the Messi card is a much, much tougher grade to find in a PSA 10. As, as you can see, only 6% of the total Messi cards, of the total cards of the number 71 Messi graded by PSA have achieved that coveted 10 label, while for the Ronaldo, 26% have been able to attain that. Secondly, I know it might piss some people off, but many, both in the sport, in the hobby, around the world, do consider Messi to be the greatest player of all time and to be a better player than Cristiano Ronaldo. And this has been reflected in their card prices, even though... Like, based on social media, sometimes one could think Ronaldo is the more popular and the better player as he's more Instagram followers and sometimes can have more of his people defending him on social media based on Messi's accomplishments on the field, his goals, his assists, his 92-goal season, his five Ballon d'Ors, his Champions League was with Barcelona, his all his trophies he's won. Even though Ronaldo does have international trophies, some of that could be because of the squad he had around him. Messi did take Argentina to a World Cup final. And he, again, I just want to highlight that 2012 season, probably the greatest individual season in the history of the sport. Messi scored 92 goals in a calendar year. Barcelona won the Champions League, won the treble. 
yeah, for these reasons, Messi is considered to be the GOAT. And this has been reflected in his card prices, as you can see, over around $150,000 more than what the Ronaldo is, which is a big discrepancy. Of course, the Euros have been going on. They have been absolutely spectacular. Just a little refresher on the bracket for the knockout round that was set up. And then as we go through each game, Wales, I looked like an idiot for this game. I called uh, Wales beating Denmark. Um, and that was just not the case. This Denmark team is really just it, – it has more than just emotion at this point. This is a side with real quality and real ability and a real uh, threat to hurt you and score goals, and they also defend strong, and they are just absolutely together as a team, and they are playing with a higher purpose and honoring uh, Christian Eriksen. And – it's tough to beat a team when they're playing like this, no matter the level of ability one might perceive the team to have. And then Italy-Austria. This game was a bit surprising after, as after the group stage, Italy was being looked at as one of the main favorites to go through. They looked amazing, did not give up a goal, were scoring goals pretty freely, playing sparkling football. And then they ran into Austria. And in the end, we're probably more than a bit fortunate to escape with a win. Austria, especially in the second half and overtime, had more chances than Italy did, but Italy was able to sneak through, earning themselves a date with Belgium in the quarterfinals, and uh, Denmark will be playing the Czech Republic, but I will get to that in a sec. And then the next day's, day's game, the Netherlands uh, lost to the Czech Republic, and honestly, I'm a bit surprised by this. The Netherlands did have a talented squad. But also, I'm not surprised by this for one for one reason. A man by the name of Frank De Boer, who is the Netherlands coach, who has since stepped down, aka he's been fired. And I, I'm sorry, I don't understand how that man has keep has been able to keep getting top manager jobs. He failed at Barcelona. He failed at Ajax. He failed at Atlanta United in the MOS. Now he's failed at the Netherlands too. All the for each time taking over really talented teams and just proceeding to make them a lot worse. Though so I have to hand it to the Czech Republic and especially Patrick Schick. They have been amazing. He's been one of the best players, if not the best player in the tournament. And yeah, they're playing Denmark and they're going to feel that they have a real shot to get into a semifinal and who can blame them for thinking that. And then in the second game of that day, Belgium uh, narrowly defeated Portugal one nil this was a game that I thought Belgium was more or less in control of until De Bruyne's injury. And then what kept them in the game was the magnificent play of Eden Hazard. He was able to dribble, break lines, relieve pressure, run at defenders, create chances. And then he too got hurt. And the Belgian manager, Roberto Martinez, has since said that he, both De Bruyne and Hazard will be out for the quarterfinal match against Italy. But if they were to win that, he expects them to be ready for the semifinal. So for the, this is a real opportunity for Italy to knock off the number one ranked team in the world as they're missing two of their three best players. The only one that's going to be there of their three best players is Lukaku, who obviously can't be discounted. He's a fantastic, fantastic player. But yeah, Belgium is vulnerable. This is Italy's chance to beat them and get into the semifinal. And then 
what might have been my favorite day of watching football for in my history of being a fan of the sport. One of the greatest days for soccer ever, I would say. Two absolute firecrackers of a game. Early game, Croatia versus Spain. This goal, this game had everything. A shocking own goal by the Spanish goalkeeper Unai Simon, letting a simple back pass roll past him and into the net. And then Spain subsequently coming back, taking a three-one lead, and then Croatia somehow clawing it back and sending it into extra time in the last 10 minutes of the match. And then maybe it was tiredness from all the energy spent trying to come back or just Spain had that last bit of quality. But Alvaro Morata, Alvaro Morata silenced his haters with a brilliantly taken volleyed goal to put Spain up 4-3 in extra time and they would add a fifth to give them a bit of breathing room and send them through to the semifinals or the quarterfinals, excuse me. But again, what an absolute stunner of a game after that game. No one was thinking that the next game could surpass it, but yet somehow it did France v Switzerland. The first half, it seemed like France really just did not respect their opponent. They didn't, they came out flat, not ready to perform at all. And Switzerland took advantage leading one nil at halftime. And they were definitely the better side. And then they came out the second half really strong and really fast and dominated those first 10 minutes and won a penalty. And then Hugo Lloris saved it for France. And you could see the a, a switch flip in that French team. And then a little less than five minutes later, Benzema scored a world-class goal with an absolute beauty of a first touch, sending him in on goal and then tying it up. And then two minutes later, through some brilliant combination play by France. Benzema was able to score again, making it 2-1. And then Pogba hit an absolute worldie of a goal, uh, curling it into the top right bins from 25 yards out. And he had a little dance party uh, around half field. In this 20-minute stretch, France scored three goals and looked to be the tournament favorites we had all expected to see. And then, I don't know, the arrogance, whatever it was, seeped back in. And Switzerland was able to tie it up in part due to a poor giveaway from Pogba in midfield. And they scored in the 90th plus one minute to tie it at 3-3. And then in the last three minutes of injury time before extra time, both teams hit the post and were very close to scoring. And then the game went into extra time and it was goalless and pretty defensive. And and then on to penalties where, as we know, anything can happen. And both teams' penalty kick takers made their first four kicks. And then Switzerland made their fifth. So it all came down to Mbappe to send it into sudden death penalty kicks. And it was saved by Jan Sommer, capping off, a, a, honestly, a pretty poor tournament for the Frenchman uh, Mbappe. No goals, no assists, a missed penalty to send France home. I don't know why he didn't show the quality we all know he has. It could have been due to fatigue. They've been playing, especially top-level teams like PSG, have been playing basically nonstop football since August at extremely high intensity, and Mbappe did maybe look a little tired, or who knows what it was. But, yeah, definitely not the best tournament for him, but and definitely not the best tournament for France either as they went out early. And this might have put a nail in the coffin to – 
N'Golo Conte's uh, Ballon d'Or hopes. We shall see, especially depending on what Belgium and De Bruyne do. But, yeah, just all in all, a terrible day for France. And then the final day of knockout games. Uh, in the first game, England played Germany, who and Germany has had England's number in major tournaments over the years, oftentimes in very controversial ways, but they have. And Germany, after their performance against Portugal, where their wingbacks tore Portugal up, caused Southgate to set up in a very defensive setup, a 3-4-3, uh, to counter uh, Germany's fullbacks, particularly uh, Robin Gosens. And while he did get a lot of stick from many people, including me, for a multitude of reasons, for lining up defensively, not starting Grealish, not playing Sancho again, it worked. England was able to shut down those fullbacks. And then once he introduced Grealish, that's when the attacking tide started to turn for England. Him and Harry Kane were involved in some nice combination play, along with Sterling to set up Luke Shaw, who teed it up for Sterling to tap it in, making it 1-0. And then Grealish had a brilliant assist to Harry Kane to seal the game and making it 2-0, sending uh, England fans into Bedlam and amidst cries of, it's coming home, it's coming home. And they have a chance at this point. Their draw to the final is very clear. They're going to play Ukraine, who uh, beat Sweden in extra time 2-1. Great goal from Zinchenko. Forsberg was amazing for Sweden. Hit the post multiple times. But Ukraine was able to see it through an extra time uh, where they will be playing England. And then England, if should they win that, would play the winner of Denmark-Czech Republic. So you would have to say that England is favored to make the final at this point. And in a final, anything can happen. The final would be at Wembley, too. 60,000 English fans would be in attendance for that. And, yeah, by the day, it's getting easier and easier to see England win this tournament, especially if they let their attacking players like Grealish, like Kane, like Sterling, like Mount when he comes back into the side, express express themselves. And here's the quarterfinal uh, draw. Belgium, Italy, the winner of that match will face the winner of Switzerland, Spain. And then on the other side of the bracket, the winner of England, Ukraine will face the winner of Czech Republic, Denmark. So I note the semifinals and finals will all be played at Wembley Stadium in England, in London, which is an advantage for England should they make that stage. And then while the Euros have been going on, so is the Copa America. And with the group stage finishing up, the quarterfinal draw has been set. Uh, you have Argentina against Ecuador, Uruguay against Colombia, Brazil against Chile, per- and then Peru against Paraguay. And I have to say at this point, Brazil and Argentina are on a collision course in- for the final, set for the final, and that would be absolutely brilliant to watch. That's what the two South American superpowers, Messi versus Neymar, everyone – the neutral fan, I'm sure, would love to see that. Then another attacking player who hasn't had the most chance to express himself has been Marcus Rashford. Um, so you can see this; his cards did rise in the lead up to the years, but they've taken a slight dip, slash, uh, fallen flat. And is that due to people who are anticipating a big years for them, and they've been a bit disappointed so far? Probably. And then. 
Another player I want to talk about, Jack Grealish. I do own Jack Grealish cards. I just want to make that absolutely clear. I do own Jack Grealish cards, and this is obviously not financial advice and all of that stuff, but I love watching him play. You can hear the love that England fans have for him, the cheers he gets when he comes onto the pitch, and then just the difference he's, he makes, and his cards have really started to fly off the shelves, particularly his higher-end stuff like his Kabooms, an $808 raw sale today, $700 raw sale today, which are both, I had a Kaboom PSA 9 that I sold a few months ago for $400 or a little more like $450. And these were almost double that and they're raw. And then a Kaboom PSA 10 sold two days prior for $4,000. So people, the market for Grealish is there and people do like collecting him and investing in him. And with his performances for England, he's been he's had two assists and he creates chances when he comes on the pitch. Southgate gives I'm surely he has to start the rest of the way, and Southgate will hopefully recognize that. But yeah. And then the last couple things I want to talk about a little bit of a market watch on a couple guys using the, the great Slabstocks Pro data, free to use. Go sign up in slabstocks.com. I strongly recommend it, it's all completely free. Mbappe, his Silver Prison PSA 9, which is a good uh, benchmark card, has taken a hit in the last week, probably based on his penalty miss, his poor performances for France in the Euro. It's dropped 10.74%, $111 to uh, $923. And it's really far down from its high of $2,750 back in that August prison boom. Yeah, and Bappe cards have taken a dip, and it's not surprising based on his performance in the last couple weeks. Then another player whose cards have taken a dip, a massive, massive dip in value is Jao Felix, who barely played for Portugal in the Euros, and now the news has come out that he's injured or will be out for probably two months. Yeah, in the last month, his cards have dropped 67% in value from around $746 to if this is first top scrum base PSA 10 from around $746 to $244 in the span of a month. And this is almost all probably due to the fact that he just was an absolute non-factor for Portugal in the Euros. And people are starting to sour on him as a player that they want to invest in as shown by this huge crater in his prices. Then I want to end it on a bit of a positive note. One player who's gone up in price in the last, uh, oh, that should have been one month because the price difference is the same. But uh, Kevin De Bruyne, his silver, his 2016 silver prison PSA 10. De Bruyne has been spectacular for Belgium since he came back from his injury and hopefully gets another chance to sow it in the semifinal should Belgium go through. But this card's up almost 85% in that month or three-month time sp- time frame uh so that's a 280 rise in value from like 320 dollars to 610 dollars goes to show you again big performances or bad performances when in major spotlight situations will have effect on the card prices as these last few cards have, have shown courteously of slap stocks pro data uh that's going to be it for this week as always like comment describe subscribe DM me if you have any questions, all that. Thanks for watching and peace.